Is there any particular difference between, you know, the mane of a horse and the tail of a horse? Well, one's on the head and the other's on the butt. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. I would imagine that there's differences like the hair on the top of your head is different than the hair on your arm. Oh, very, very much so. There's thinner. Right. What, what if, if your beard hair came in like your head hair? You look ridiculous. <laughs> I've, I've thought about that a lot. <laughs> or if my head hair came in like my beard hair. <laughs> you look like... <laughs> Oh, how do I be? How do I be sensitive about this? I don't think you can be. (laughs) There are so many levels of fucked up I could get right now. I could go, I could get oddly racial, or I could something about a cancer patient. I don't know. It would be bad. It'd be really bad. Look like I lived in a in a hot tub for thirty years. (laughs) That's disgustingly specific. Video What's up, everybody? This is the Console Crusade Podcast, your favorite equestrian podcast. I'm EJ Olson. I am drinking at Coconut LaCroix. I am joined today by Nick Durheim. What are you drinking, my good man? It's uh, Mire Pepino. I don't. Or, <laughs> as we like to call it, Blackberry Cucumber. Okay, I was going to say, I have no idea what that meant. Perfect. Are we about to gallop on into some horse talk? Dude. I've been dying to have a chit chat about saddles. And uh, horseshoes, horseshoes, jo- jockeys. What's a, what's a <laughs> jockey? That's that what you got. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, that's no, a bad segue. We're not going to go there. What was that game on the Wii? I think it was like a Barbie horse game. That's like actually, or at one time was worth a significant chunk of change. That's the stupidest bit of trivia you could possibly have. <laughs> hey man, it reminded me of like on the Wii U, there was... That Hello Kitty Kart Racer game. I think we've talked about this on the pod about how I flipped a copy of that and really sort of uh, went back on my own principle and I'm a hypocrite. Whatever. People are sick in the head. (laughs) Including myself. Today, we are going to be talking about a few things. Mostly, we're going to be talking about potential Nintendo Classic editions. We're going to talk about the reported leak, quote unquote, and we'll get into that for the 64 Classic Edition. Uh, and then we're going to give our own lists, make some sort of amalgamation of what we want to see in potential Game Boy, you know, classic editions and what the hardware is going to look like, whatever. But I want to lead this podcast by talking about what the Internet's been talking about the last 24 hours with EA and the most downvoted, you know, posts in Reddit history and all this shit. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, it's boy. Sitting, it's sitting at negative 585,000. Wow. That is blown up. I, I checked it three hours ago and was at like two and a half. Or, you know, 250,000. So, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's still, people are still downvoting it. I mean, when I saw it, I saw it early, either this morning or last night, I can't remember, and it was at like negative 80,000. That was far and away the most downvoted post in Reddit history. Are we going to hit a million? By like a long shot. I don't know about a million. Depends on if uh, the gaming circle jerk subreddits keep linking to it and people keep seeing it. Right. So the, the, the controversy... And it's funny because we just talked about this, I think, on the last podcast. Not about EA specifically, but just about uh, microtransactions and voting with your wallet. And It's been in the conversation for oh, about a month now right. since the, the first beta. Right. So the controversy being all of the iconic Star Wars characters, you know, Luke, Darth Vader, whatever, are, are locked behind a progression system that requires you to pour 40 hours in per character to unlock. Or you can, you know, shovel out a couple of doll hairs or more than a couple of doll hairs. I actually don't have the number in front of me, but it's tough, right? Because microtransactions are just a part of the ecosystem. Now they're, they're never going to go away. Right. 
I think there's a way to make them work. This is not that way. You know, you can't expect someone to pour in 80 hours into a game to, to, to play something that like should be an absolute staple in a game like this, right? It was EA's response that really just rubbed the balls wrong on, or the lady balls, mm. to be all-inclusive here. <laughs> yeah, really chapped all of our asses. T- tell me what this fucking response was. All right, so the initial post was uh, someone said, seriously, I paid $80 to have Vader locked. And then they continued, this is a joke. I'll be contacting EA support for a refund. I can't even play fucking Darth Vader. Disgusting. This age of microtransactions has gone way too far. Leave it to EA, though, to stretch the boundaries. To which uh, a EA community team member with their official Reddit uh, account replied, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. As for cost, we selected initial values based upon data from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. Among other things, we're looking at average per player credit earn rates on a daily basis, and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and of course, attainable via gameplay. (laughs) We appreciate the candid feedback and the passion the community has put forth around the current topics here on Reddit our forums, and across numerous social media outlets. I'm sure they're loving that. <laughs> our team will continue to make changes and monitor community feedback and update everyone as soon as uh, and as often as we can. Who boy. So people did not <laughs> appreciate that. A sense of pride and accomplishment. <laughs> I mean, if Battlefront 2 is anything like Battlefront 1, only the sickest of humans are going to put in anywhere close to 40 hours, right? This is a game, especially now that there's a campaign, people are going to run in, they're going to blow through it, they're going to play 20 hours of multiplayer, and they're going to move on to the next game, because November, December, we're going to see you know an influx of, of AAA titles. So, Well, this is kind of like the last of the AAA shooters. Call of Duty came out last week, and there's this, and then we've got some ports to Switch, but there's nothing else coming out that's like... Really big until Red Dead Redemption. As far as shooters go? Well, yeah, like big AAA experience shooters. This is a stone's throw from a classic, like, Reggie fils answer, right? Where you just say a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, it's saying a whole lot of nothing, but it's still... It's not saying the things that people want them to say. They want them to address it more head-on, but yeah. they're just saying just feel-good kind of stuff. As opposed to dodging it completely, which people would still dislike, but they would probably not be so vehemently opposed to they said you know we're still balancing it we can't really say too much more at this moment then people would be up in arms but i don't think it'd be five hundred thousand down votes yeah I, I think because of the way you know this person worded the post i mean the first paragraph he's he's essentially justifying the fact that that they've done something as egregious as this the accomplishment of, of buying vader yeah 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 right <laughs> he, that's in reference to you know, like, hey, you don't have to pay for anything. If you want to experience the game as quote unquote intended, you know, you'll reap the rewards of this the pride and the accomplishment of playing through the game and unlocking these characters. I, I wish I had the number in front of me how much it costs to unlock. Right, which that's all been in flux and it's kind of hard to nail down exactly hours spent to unlock different characters. But some initial posts I was seeing was like 40 to 80 hours. Right. To unlock a single character. If you're not doing like the loot box variation, if you're just paying the extra credit or whatever they call the in-game currency to unlock a specific hero. And there's just other weird things that happen too. Like they have like an arcade mode 
which caps out the amount of credit it will give you on a daily basis. Ugh. So there's like a cooldown. So it's more like a free to play kind of model in that regard. Yeah. And then there's like daily incentives where you get X amount of credits just for logging in once a day. But then even the reviewers who had the game early had a different scale of credits to like unlock characters then was changed like it went from like 10,000 for like Luke Skywalker to 60,000 for Luke Skywalker. Oh god. Right. So then that was like drastically different and then there was a bunch of blowback because of that. So then they changed it down to like 15,000 to unlock Luke Skywalker. But they also changed the amount that you got from gameplay to be a quarter of that. So it's just it's just a big mess. Yeah, terribly inconsistent. And it does suck for people who who come in and, and they spend 80 or $100 on, on the... Although I think Battlefront 2 is doing free DLC, right? Unlike the last Battlefront game. Right, and that was like their... I don't know what you would call that. That was like their... Big old full paw last time. They were like bragging about, oh yeah, this time there's going to be no paid DLC. And everyone's like, yay, it's like Titanfall. Don't have to pay for anything. And then, nope, they just dump a bunch of microtransactions and loot box shenanigans on you. Well, that was their, you know, Battlefront 1, that was a thing is the, the the DLC season pass was $150 or something egregious for Battlefront 1. Would you rather do that or have it, have them nickel and dime you at every single step, you know, like. I would always rather pay up front for a complete product. I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's a dangerous business model for the consumer because you get wrapped up into it and, and there's that mindset and you want to keep spending your money and that, you know, I don't like that. I want to, you know, it's the thing with Mario Run. It was $10 up front. I, I, I prefer that model every day of the week. Obviously, Mario Run was, I think, heinously overpriced for a mobile game. But I, I'd much prefer that. And like I said, get a complete product. Even if that means paying for uh, the DLC. Like, it's cool that we're getting free DLC, right? But again, it, that doesn't matter now that, you know, characters that were in the game right up front last time, we're now either have to basically work a full-time job to unlock these characters or we have to pay more hard-earned money. Next thing you know, I could be $200 in the hole for a clone of a fucking shooter we got two years ago. So it's it's very frustrating. I'm not really against them monetizing. It's just there's so much in flux at this moment that nothing's nailed down. Everything's kind of ethereal. Right. So we won't really know. I don't think anyone really knows what's going to how it's going to shake out until Friday when the game's actually released. I don't know. From there, you know, this has brought up a whole conversation of people talking about whether or not loot boxes are gambling and what that means if the F, F, but not FDA, but like the, the FCC getting them involved and in classifying it as like a, a gambling. You're like, oh, these games are meant for kids. Like, that's a dumb thing. Don't it, It's silly. Don't bring in a government body over that. And like, I don't really agree with the whole it's gambling thing because you can't make money right. off of a purchase in a video game. Like it's different when it has to do with like CSGO and people trading rare knives and stuff over steam for like real cash. Yeah. That becomes a little bit more sticky. And it seems like valves kind of tried to address that as well as they possibly can do because for some reason they can't do anything. Right. <laughs> That's exactly but like this isn't gambling. It's, it's the equivalent of buying a pack of cards or, you know, at the grocery store, putting a quarter in and spinning the little lever and getting a, a weird crappy tchotchke right 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 you're always getting something i don't really like it when it interferes with the actual gameplay i'm not super i'm not one of those guys who's like i want to be immersed you know i want to be i want to feel the immersion i am darth vader but like if it's keep if it's popping up at me and being like you could buy you could buy this for a dollar like that's going to be super annoying that takes me out of it and it's just I want the game to be a game. I don't want the game to be a method of them to try and squeeze my wallet. Such a delicate situation because at what point is a game no longer complete 
and they're and they're piecemealing what what used to be a whole experience. You know, it's kind of like the this old crappy illustration that went around years and years ago, where it was like, oh my god, yeah, you know the one with the the, the fast food. <laughs> There's been a hundred analogy, of them. I yeah, mean. yeah. So at what point is it they're just stripping features and then selling them back to us at at, at a higher cost versus like here's here's an entire game and and then we're just we're actually giving you more some you know you look at I'm I'm trying to think of a game that did it really well I know CD Projekt Red did it really well with The Witcher in their DLC and I wouldn't I wouldn't even mind the option to say hey you can either spend $100 and get you're getting x amount of maps x amount of characters the credit bonus armor whatever it is or we can piecemeal it uh, and and you can kind of pick and choose if you only want to buy x y or z it seems silly to me to lock characters behind a paywall that seems really weird especially characters that like i said we had before and so it's like you're they're taking things away now that we we once had you know i was gonna buy battlefront and after seeing all this i think you know i'm not gonna, i'm not taking a principled stand or anything but i'm like this isn't very consumer friendly i'm gonna wait to see how it plays out before i give them 60 or 80 or 100 freaking dollars right right or even like buy it used you know yeah yeah so this definitely convinced me to wait and I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a great game. I'm hoping it fixes all the things about the first Battlefront, but everything about this and everything I've heard since the beta opened has really not been positive. And they're not doing themselves any favors with this kind of PR bullshit. Yeah, and it's just a bummer because I know how much you're a huge Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars. I'm not like I'm not going to plant my flag and be like Star Wars nerd number two. Right. But like that'd be a game I'd want to play if it was actually done well. And like I didn't feel like I was being manipulated by a huge mega corporation like EA. EA, you know, people hate EA. And it's like, that's a totally fair belief to have. I don't think anyone's like, man, I really like Electronic Arts as a company. <laughs> right. And then that just makes me worried for like, because you were a big fan of Titanfall 2. Yeah. And now Respawn is owned, you know, part and parcel by EA. And they're making a Star Wars game. And I can only imagine that's going to be like a Boba Fett bounty hunter kind of thing based on the way you move around in Titanfall, right? That'd be really exciting. Like it's slated as an action adventure game. And that seems like, Maybe a third-person shooter, right? Hey, you know what? The uh, Django Fett game back in the day on you know Xbox, PlayStation, GameCube, not fondly remembered, I don't think, and didn't review well. But I had a very great time with that game. I remember playing at a neighbor's house. You know, it was it was the Star Wars game I always wanted. It's you know, Boba Fett. Obviously, it was Django Fett, but Boba Fett is one of the coolest characters in the Star Wars lore for whatever reason, right? For whatever silly reason, his, his single line and his bad death by a blind not jedi <laughs> right right exactly totally silly gonna, but i'm gonna fall in this living hole <laughs> i always hated the line and i know it's been beat to death but you know where you will be digested over a thousand years and it's like he'll be dead in three days right <laughs> like <laughs> silly but i think that'd be really cool and yeah you said it you know I, I was a big fan of of titanfall 2 and so i could only hope but again ea ea's been a, a punching bag for a decade People have hated EA. They'll finally get that hat trick of cancel Star Wars games if they cancel a third one. Oh, fucking Jesus. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But I, I was I was really bummed out. You know, like I said, EA been punching back for a decade. And only, I think the vitriol for, for a major video game company has only been rivaled by, by what people feel for Ubisoft or have felt in the last half decade for Ubisoft. The thing is, though, is Ubisoft at least makes quality 
content, despite all of the bullshit surrounding that company and the different issues they've had. Like at the end of the day, all of the AAA titles they're spitting out are reviewing well and they're selling well. Yeah, they're trying. Like say what you want about the way Watch Dogs looked at E3 versus the way the game looked when it released. Like, yeah, that's bad. But I don't know. Maybe don't get your hopes up over a trailer that comes out six months before the game does. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's just that's just me. You know being rational i can't expect anybody to be rational you are as pragmatic as they come i can't speak today <laughs> but the thing ea ea doesn't uh it just i feel like they haven't done they haven't taken any steps to to not be the villain they're just like well yeah we suck and I, it, they're a mega corporation i get it like this it's silly to to expect any sort of decency or or you know any sort of consumer friendly behavior from a money machine like that but it you know, fool me, right? Like trick me. It's a, it's it's the PR machine, and they're doing a terrible job. Yeah, and I mean they're among the top three video game companies in the world. It's them. It's Activision. It's Take Two, and Activision with the whole patent thing, and Take Two with the earnings report talking about how like forty two percent of their money is based off of like microtransactions, essentially. Yeah, through GTA and probably two K eighteen. It's just. If it makes the money, they're going to keep milking that cow until it runs dry. Yep. So, I mean, sure, people are going to take principled stances and they're going to complain on Twitter and that might move the needle a little bit, but you're just going to see the kind of hand-waving of them being like, oh, we'll balance it, we'll balance it, and they'll they'll pull back a little bit. And people, I've already seen like a couple articles talking about how, oh, they've already reduced it by three quarters because of death threats sent to EA. And it's like, okay, now you're just putting a weird spin on it because of you know a handful of people that got way too ball like balls out and being stupid and harassing people online which that's kind of like one of the two ways you interact with people on the internet right so it's just it gets blown out of proportion and it's it's a bummer i don't I, know i think that's a very select few but yeah i saw that with some of the developers and and it sucks because a lot of these developers and these leads of the game studios and 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 you know the people just doing their jobs and who actually have a yeah. passion for this and want to make they're it not good responsible game. no so that's it's pretty silly to see that kind of backlash but like you said that's that's how the internet works uh, but it's such a select few and 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 like you said on the last podcast it's it's just as few people who are going to make a big stink about you know maybe th- this is a little bit different you know half a million down votes and and the pr backlash for this is going to force ea's hand to some degree but generally we can make a big, you know, hubbub about this on the internet, but really that's only a few hundred, a few thousand people. And look at something like GTA five, all the controversy that's that's sort of despite its success, it's been one thing after another with that in the last several years. There's always something. Um, at least Rockstar, I think they're a solid company and they they do listen. But um even if even if a few thousand people say, I'm not buying this game, like it's not gonna make a dent in in profits. So the, the companies don't have any incentive to actually change. Well, and also take into consideration that even if the 500,000 people that downvoted the comment were ones that were going to buy the game and no longer are, what does that really mean for EA's total sales of a game as big as Battlefront? The last game probably sold probably 10 million across all platforms. This game will probably do similar. So you're looking at nine and a half million of people who are the least likely to pay into their microtransaction scheme scheme is a heavy word but in this case it seems a little bit likely oh totally so and i don't think nine and a half million people are paying into microtransactions they'll probably pop a few dollars here and there but it's really just the one percent of people who are whales who are spending 
upwards of like a thousand dollars on a single game because there are people who have that kind of money yeah. and they're willing to spend it on the one game they play. I mean, I know people that only buy, you know, Madden every year or they buy FIFA if they're in Europe for some reason <laughs> or buy 2K, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's like their one game. They're not, uh, they're not the kind of person who's buying indie titles or buying the, tri- the AAA single player experience. They're, they're buying their one game because right. they're not a video game player. They're just that game is their hobby. I'm curious to see how this progresses in the coming week. I imagine we'll hear more about this very soon, especially after the the uproar today. Oh, super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so we'll see what happens. I'm, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this next pod. But let's move on. I want to address something really quick. We talked about Mario again last week briefly and how I said I was going to finish it before we recorded today. You didn't. I... I am in New Donk City. I went through four more kingdoms since we last spoke, and I've been playing it, and I've been enjoying it. I've been less meticulous about finding every little thing, knowing I'm going to have to come mm-hmm. back anyway after in, in the postgame. Um, but I've been making some progress, and I figure this, uh, this classic edition talk will kind of be a nice holdover, and uh, we'll definitely be able to do uh, a nice segment on the next pod, fully in-depth, only three mm-hmm. weeks late. On Mario, mm-hmm. only three right. weeks late. Only, it's still relevant. People are going to be talking about it for at least until January. I mean, for yeah, game of the year discussions. Game of the year. Yeah. So you're good. You're good halfway to two thirds way through the game. So yeah. you don't have too much more. Yeah. So there's one thing that you did want to chat about before we jump into the the meat of the pod. Yeah, do you want to chat a little bit about this uh, this maybe leak from? Das Vergeben. Yeah, some. I guess he goes by Vergeben on some other uh, forum. He's this is posted in the Kappa subreddit, which if our buddy Max is listening, he's probably familiar with because it's it's like just like shit posting and memes for the FGC, the fighting game community. Right. So this guy has previously leaked uh, characters being included in Injustice, including the Ninja Turtles and Enchantress, which are two kind of groups that you wouldn't really suspect being added. So it kind of gave him a little bit of credibility. The turtles are, that's a cool addition. Let me just throw that in there. That's awesome. Even though, aren't they technically Marvel or are they? De- no, they're Marvel. Well, because they're, they're enemies are the foot and it's, it's based off of the hand. I think they were probably published by Marvel at some point. Uh, that was a, yeah, the hand, the foot, that was obviously, a, that was a parody thing. Um, I want to say it's like IDW. I don't know, but I also know they do, they do transformers. They do a bunch of those, uh, cartoons that turn into comics. They did, they did Sonic, but, or they have Sonic now. Archie used to be Sonic. Anyway, me, the comics fan. Um, so this guy <laughs> talks about some Street Fighter Five stuff, which I don't I don't really care. Cody's in it, Max, maybe. There you go. Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Talking about a bunch of characters that are in development, potentially. Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to buy that game. It looks like crap. Right. Uh, Resident Evil 2 remake. More RE remakes. Yeah, I mean, someone out there is... Super excited for that. I don't, I don't know why. Devil May Cry 5. Uh, there was a DMC game that was kind of a soft reboot done by Ninja Theory a few years back. I think that was like the weird cusp between console launches. Was that 2012-2013? I remember Andrew getting the port of that on uh, PS5, uh, PS4. That's our buddy Andrew Chavez from the Precipice Between Two Hills podcast. Yeah, the... The him. The preview he... The pre The poop to her. Yeah, I had a cool uh, sound to make in regard to that. Anyway, guy also talks about some Bandai Namco properties, including the upcoming Dragon Ball Fighters. 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 I'm really excited for this game. Yeah, it looks really, really good. Unfortunately, though, he has 
intel, perhaps, that three of the DLC characters are going to be Broly, regular Goku, and regular Vegeta. Which that's seems like odd. Kind of like that's like the Darth Vader of unlocks in Dragon Ball. So that's kind of like if that's the case, that's not great. So I'm curious because I also see on this list that they're talking about Goku Black, which is a a character from Dragon Ball Super. So I'm curious if, if right. some of the main character, main playable characters on launch are going to be um, Dragon Ball Super versions of these characters. Uh, just right. in, in an attempt to push, you know, the dub is in full swing now here in the States and they're just releasing some of it on Blu-ray and they're just trying to push that a little bit. I'd understand that. And I've seen, I think I've seen, I haven't been paying attention to fighters, uh, but isn't there a God form in the game? I also have not paid attention since the, the first like two weeks of, of the hype. Right. So, you know, come to us for your Dragon Ball fighters news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all over it when it comes out. All over. Right. Which is early next year, like February, I think. I don't know if they have a release date. I, I might just be talking about my ass. Uh, guy also talks about Bardock and Raditz, which as as being potential uh, DLC characters. Uh, some other stuff about Switch port in the works because it's an Unreal Engine game. So UE4 works fairly well with Switch. It would probably be lower resolution. I mean, it's already a, a cel-shaded kind of game, so those games scale very, very well. Yeah, That'd be awesome if we got that at 60 FPS. That's kind of necessary for a fighting game. I I don't know actually. This is one of the few games I might not purchase on the Switch just be, you know because of the nature of the controls uh, and even the Pro Controller. It's got a garbage D pad, right? And just the even fighting online. If you have any interest in that, it seems like Switch is not unless they have some huge announcement in January about how making everything magically work the way everyone wants it to, which is about as likely as maybe one of these rumors on this list, right. which we'll get to. <laughs> So well, so yeah, that might be a that might be a PlayStation uh, uh, purchase for me. But yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. This guy has a little uh, little footnote at the bottom of the bottom of the post. A little bit of Nintendo news. Well, I wanted to mention Soul Calibur Six. Oh my God, this is still a franchise. It, yeah, I mean Soul Calibur Five. Apparently, people did not like. Uh, I don't know when that even came out. That was probably like 2010, 2011. But seems like I mean that's that's based off of Tekken, right? So. Tekken 7's been doing really well. Pretty sure it's Tekken. I could be I could I be just totally wrong. This is the Consequence State Podcast. We're informed as hell over here. Super informed. Soul Calibur 6. I was told it'll be for PS4, PC, and Nintendo Switch. There was no Xbox One version mentioned to me. Take that, Which, motherfuckers. You know, Japanese game is Japanese, and Xboxes are nowhere near Japan. So, I don't know. That's something to maybe keep an eye out for. Apparently it was supposed to be announced at PSX last year, but there was some sort of problem with the development, which, I mean, this guy might be just totally talking out of his booty hole. So who knows? But then the thing that caught my eye, and I think the place I saw it linked from was the Nintendo subreddit. So I'd like to go through these few little bullet points and kind of get your get your thermometer gauge a popping. Hit me. I'll give you my hot takes. All right, there has been pressure towards Game Freak to get Pokemon's 8th generation out in hopes of a release next year. If you recall, Pokemon Stars, that is or was real, but all it was was a sun and moon port to the Switch used as an engine test tech demo thing. So, uh, did we ever talk about Stars? Was that like a pre-E3 kind of bubbling about conversation? We probably did. We had to have mentioned it. It doesn't shock me that they, they, they use it as a tech demo, if, you know, if that's the case. And I get why they had to do the the half-assed sequel on the DS because the DS has has tens of millions of units out there and Sun and Moon are the best-selling games of all time. And this is just the smartest financial decision. I get it. I don't like it. I would have much rather had a port of Sun and Moon to the Switch 
with gorgeous full HD graphics and and be able to play it on my TV. I'd much rather have had that. I'm 100% the opposite of you really? in that regard. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to start a console with a port of a game. Are you kidding me? And Pokemon? When is Why Pokemon not? ever... Okay, so imagine the Game Boy Advance comes out and the first games are Fire Red, Leaf Green. Cool, man. I love those games. You got to start with the third gen and actually do a real third generation before you do a remake of an older generation with the with the new tech. How many people would, would prefer to wait three years for an eighth generation or get a port right out the gate and then wait two years? You know what I mean? Like, I would rather have something. It's not in this post, but there's already some other rumors about... Uh, Nintendo being like trying to get a because even when they announced uh, Pokemon at E3 they said 2018 or later so there's still a possibility that we'll get a Pokemon game end of next year if we do it's going to be a disaster it'll be a Pokemon black and white but but even worse because they're making the jump to 3D I think I think it's going to be a while before we sort of get what we want in regards to a fully 3D console Pokemon game especially if it's rushed out in the next year that seems very infeasible. Well, it could be that they get some other studios to kind of pitch in and help. I mean, we've got precedent for that with the Pokemon Stadium games being co-developed by HAL. Yeah. So that's very, very possible. And they have the senior team working on the Switch for, Switch uh, Pokemon and the junior team working on Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. So maybe the older team has better better skills. Who knows? We'll we see. don't know. I don't know what goes into making a Pokemon game. This game could have been kind of being worked on for the last two years. We don't know. Well, we'll never know because Nintendo. If Sun and Moon, you know, if those games are any indication, that team clearly doesn't know how to make a 3D game. Uh, how a lot of the, you know, just things like camera movement and, and... That's just like your opinion, man. And also your camera isn't controllable because there's no second stick on the 3DS. No, I know. But the way the camera moves and the way you're going from segment to segment, it just... The game felt so old in so many aspects. And, and I remember the, the first night I was playing it, and you and our buddy Trevor, who's been on the pod, you guys had come down to my place, and and I just remember saying, like, there's a formula for how this works. Why is it so hard for Nintendo to follow it? The Pokemon company, uh, in this case. It, why, is it, why, why is it so difficult? And why is it so clunky? These things that shouldn't be getting in the way of an otherwise enjoyable experience. But... I, I don't know. I think the switch that's just going to add a whole host of you know complications and variables that that development team is not prepared for. Irregardless, it probably won't be a game <laughs> for either of us because we are now in our twenties and not the target demographic for Pokemon. But we're gonna buy it anyway. Yep, because we're sick in the head. Next bullet point: We got Metroid <laughs> Prime Four should have something revealed with some in-game footage early next year, from what I've heard. I'm hearing that direct in January, particularly. Bandai Namco is developing the game for Nintendo. I don't know which development studio. Bandai Namco is a big publishing right. conglomerate kind of combination of what used to be Bandai and what used to be Namco. So I don't know which uh, studios of theirs are actually in-house, but that makes me kind of think, I've been saying this for a little bit, but you know who works a lot with Bandai Namco? A little company called From Software. Okay. You love these guys. We haven't heard anything from them since the second DLC pack for Dark Souls 3. Which was what, six months ago? <sighs> Longer than that. I think that was like January, February. Really? Like eight months ago, yeah. Wow, okay. That, I think that would be that'd be really cool. You know, there's been some hubbub about... I've said hubbub twice in this podcast, so I should probably stop. Switch it up. Say hello, Baloo next time. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe, maybe a kerfuffle. A kerfuffle. <laughs> uh, people have been talking about, you know, do we think Metroid Prime is going to be 
a classic third person or sorry, first person Metroid game, or are they going to go the way of the cover shooter or are they going to, you know, somehow try and change the formula? Cause look at all the franchises are Zelda's or Mario's have that have been drastic departures from, from other games in the franchise. So mm-hmm. I, I would assume if, if from software did do it, you think that would look more like a third person game than a classic first person prime game. What would you want? I mean, I don't know what their pedigree is with first-person games. I know they've done a lot of sci-fi stuff with the Armored Core series, which I've never played. But I would imagine if they did a third-person game, it would be more reminiscent of maybe a less jump-scary Dead Space. Okay, yeah. Because that game has a very meticulous dark sci-fi vibe. And that's always been kind of a hallmark of Metroid is that it's very... You're very alone it's a lot slower than like a Mario or Zelda and it's not really focused on the combat. It's more about, it's like a murder puzzle, right? There's a stuff in your way and you're trying to, uh, the environment is what you're fighting, not the enemies except for bosses. There's traditional bosses in Metroid games. I expect this is a game we will not actually see much of until 2019. The end of 2018, it'll be released 2019. I feel like we're, we're quite a ways away. They started development with a, with that JPEG right. at E3 last year. <laughs> right. That was the exact, that was the moment they started working on that game. <laughs> right. I imagine it's the same for Pokemon though, is they, they threw the tail of that video a week before E3 and. No, yeah. They broke into that poor man's office and gave him a script and pulled a, put a gun to his head. <laughs> it's like, just say it out loud. Say it. <laughs> right. All right, there's some kind of new Animal Crossing that they hope to release next year, too. That seems fairly obvious. They've yeah. got all the assets from that horrible Wii U abomination. It would go great with the, the mobile title. Right. Seems like a slam dunk. Um, Switch's virtual console will not be how like like how it currently is known to be like some kind of subscription service of sorts in the works. That seems kind of likely. Uh, I don't I'm, know about that, though. I'm not complaining about that, though. Again, if it's... It depends it's, how it's implemented. It really depends. Right. Uh, Mother 3 is real. <laughs> real fake according to my source it was completely localized and playable the sad thing that i've heard is that it's being held back for some reason it's being held back for eternity which all i know has something to do with not knowing which month to release it in okay okay all right that sounds like a very fucking nintendo thing the game's been localized and playable for for more than you know i mean what seven years or some shit i mean over 10 The game came out in, what, 06? Anyone who's ever wanted to play that game already has, and I don't know how many of them would actually buy it. Right. Especially with the price that Nintendo would probably put on it, which would be $15. (laughs) God, it's ridiculous. Unless, like you suggested uh, off the pod, that they do some sort of, like, Mother Trilogy Mm -hmm. uh, release. Or, and I said, you know, I'd, I'd pay for a physical copy of Mother 3. On the switch i'd pay 30 bucks or whatever it is you know uh, cave story was 30 bucks right i'd do that yeah or remakes right which nintendo does do but i don't know how likely it is for them to do that in the the mother franchise i just thought okay so they did the the mother zero or the earthbound beginnings mother one yeah localization and release on the wii u virtual console which is like the weirdest thing right who was asking for that that's like arguably a not good game. Not at all. Like like very, you know, forward thinking and ambitious, but Earthbound was essentially a remake, but was good. Right. Of the NES version. Like there's different story beats, but a lot of the same character types, essentially. But Mother 3 is a completely different thing. Came out on the Game Boy Advance way past the Game Boy Advance's lifetime and never got an English localization, even though 
they did the Fire Emblem thing where they put a character in Smash Bros of a character that never came west. Right. Just this weird, weird thing. And then there was Lucas DLC in Smash 4. Ah, it's just so many signs, but they just, they tease us, they throw fireballs, Reggie. Well, Killing that poor man. I think Mother 3 is more likely to show up on a, on, a, on a Game Boy Classic than it is initially, at least, on the virtual console. I think they'll Star Fox 2 it. <laughs> 100%. I think that's actually going to be their marketing strategy for however many more classic systems they do. I think that's going to be their MO is to bring some long-lost port of a game or, or, or you know something that had never been released at all. But yeah, we can we can kind of dive into that. Here in a minute. I think there are two more things on this list. Yeah, they're a little bit smaller because I don't really have a claim in either of them. Uh also said that Square is going to be doing a world, the world ends with you two exclusively for the Nintendo Switch, which that was a DS game, DS RPG late in its life. Okay. Never heard um, of it. Well, well regarded. Uh I've never heard of it before getting back into gaming, but like, yeah, people like it. I think Leaf was talking about it in the group chat. Shout outs. Uh, and then Blizzard uh, potentially doing a Hearthstone port for Switch, which makes sense. It's already playable on tablets and phones. I don't know why you wouldn't have it on there. Uh, I, I wonder what the incentive is for Blizzard to do this. Because I imagine Hearthstone is a game that if you're not playing it, you're not going to play it. And I don't know if the market's big enough to kind of open up to you know, a whole host of people on the Switch who already own tablets and smartphones, right? Well, I think the incentive is that there's literally no other competitive card game yeah on the system so it's an entire market that they can take i mean they're not there's not really any competition for hearthstone some people play legends and i think valve's got some card game that might get valve people to play their games but i mean hearthstone is like the de facto that's the card game right so might as well i mean take complete ownership of every platform except i don't think it's even on ps4 and xbox one so maybe i'm just talking on my butt let's move on from this let's terribly segue into what we now only have 25 minutes to talk about. But the other day, a list came out of N64 uh, game manuals on the on the UK Nintendo site. And everyone went crazy. And not, didn't use their brain for a goddamn second. Everyone went nuts thinking, oh, this is, you know, confirmed N64 classic. Okay. I don't think I even heard about this. Really? Personally. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, tw- uh, 20, 21, 21 games, I believe. So hear me out. Let me run through this list. And then, and then we will um, we'll get into our personal list for what we kind of want this to look like. So, okay, all right. Honestly, I think this is a not great list, although there's, you know, publishing rights and, you know, uh, all sorts of factors. But every time you say a title, give me like a single moment to make a noise of ascent or descent. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. In alphabetical order here. 1080 snowboarding. Uh. Yeah. Bomberman 64. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, okay. DK64, of course. Yeah. Excite by 64. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's been three Excite games. In lieu of a lot of other games here. Okay, F-Zero X. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Kirby 64. Yes. Mario Golf. Yes. Okay, Mario Kart 64. Duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mario Party 2. Yeah, yeah, that's the good one. It's the only Mario Party on here. So, yeah, I, I never played a Mario Party game in my life. So, uh, okay, Mario Party 2 is a good one. Yeah, widely regarded as fact. Is this the, is this the one that uh, children lost the skin of their palms to? I believe that was the first one that they had to send gloves to people. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's ridiculous. That's yeah, uh, only 1990. Eight, whatever, right? <laughs> play, play it loud, play it hard, palm it. Uh, so Mario Tennis. 
Yep. Okay. Paper Mario, of course. Ah, oh, yes. Pokemon Snap. Star Fox 64. Super Mario uh, 64. Earlier I said Mario 64. I meant Mario Kart 64. Uh, right, yes. But yeah, Super Mario 64. Uh, both Zelda games. Right, of course. Wave Race. Yeah. That and makes your, sense, And yeah. Yoshi's story. Now, here's the real question. Where's Pilot Wings? So, he, he, right? Honestly, that's... that's <laughs> right? Um, there was one more game on here. Just like Pilot Wings was missing for the SNES Classic. Right? <laughs> then thank God for it, too. I had a fucking moderator remove a Reddit post when I was complaining about Pilot Wings potentially being the SNES Classic. And apparently I pissed somebody off. But... Um, the, the last game on this list is Sin and Punishment, which is a game that obviously did not come to the States, um, but was localized. They got a virtual console release. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what this list is, was manuals for the virtual console, for the oh, for the Wii virtual console. Everyone ran with it and thought it was the 64 Classic Edition, incoming, whatever. I think this is half of a good list. I think a lot of these titles would be real. I mean, Tennis, Snowboarding, Excite Bike, Mario Tennis, eh, I, pick one of the, one of the sports games. Wave Race, really? Like, that's not a game that holds up. No one really has nostalgia for that. Pretty synonymous with the N64, though. Same with 1080 Snowboarding. It's not the list of the best games, but it's the list of the most remembered games. Let's get into our list here, because I have a list that varies. I haven't compiled anything, so I'll be I'll be throwing stuff right off the top of my head. The only things, really, that obviously we're probably going to talk about is the licensing is the rare games. I mean, sure, you right. got Donkey Kong 64, but that's a Nintendo property, as opposed to Banjo-Kazooie, which is now a Microsoft property. With like nuts and bolts and stuff but right. microsoft i think that they seem pretty chill with nintendo and i think that they would be totally fine with licensing out their properties to be on other hardware things especially since there was that phil spencer quote talking about how you know they already have minecraft on every single goddamn platform possible that their back catalog i think especially with nintendo and rare i think that'd be a lot more possible than people give it credit totally and i think given the success of the last two classic editions I don't see why they wouldn't do it, especially because this is hardware mm-hmm. in all in one versus like we're going to license this to be sold and distributed by Nintendo uh, virtually and indefinitely. And Microsoft is going to get there. They're going to get theirs. Right. Oh, yeah. The titles that were not have not been sold in the virtual console that I would want to see. I went I made this my list. I made my list trying to be realistic. I wasn't trying to throw every great game on here because we, you know, we have 32 games as opposed Ogre to 20. battle. Right. I mean, honestly, like, and given the fact that the 64 has 30 good games and only three good RPGs or anything that resembles an RPG. Yeah. And that was like one of the that small handful of NX games, square slash NX games on the on the platform. Right. Give me some of the games that were not on that virtual console list that that you would want to see on a 64 classic edition. And let's just throw licensing out of the window here. Like, what should the definitive, let's say, let's make our own list here. Let's say no more. The NES had how many games? 30. And, and the Super Nintendo was 20 plus 21. 21, yeah. So let's say no more than 25 games. What's this going to look like? Let me get my phone out so I'm not clicking, clacking here. And I want to I I make the Console Crusade 64 Classic. All right, perfect. Do this on the fly. We had a lot of fun doing this with the SNES Classic. Makes a lot of sense. We'll do it again. Hell yeah. So obviously we get the rare platformers with Banjo-Kazooie and Tui. I think both of those are worthy both additions. Of them. Yeah, same with Conker's even. I think Conker's Bad Fur Day is... That was a big swan song for the system. I mean, it came out after the GameCube came out, I think. And it was one of the very few M-rated games on the system. And it was like rare. You know, that was their one last hurrah. It was huge. It was a very big moment for them. I thought about this. I think there's no way this makes it to the Classic Edition because the, the, the Classic Edition would have to be literally like rated M, right? Because you can't, like, you can't yeah. sell that to children. 
It's um, worth bringing up, though. If I didn't bring it up, I'd get crucified by somebody. Sure. You know? So we've acknowledged it, and, and you know, I think though that Diddy Kong Racing needs to be on there. Hundred percent. I definitely put that on there. Really, you want to do all the multiplayer games? I think you do have the system itself have four ports because that was such a big aspect of the the console itself was it had four ports, had four player games. Right. It was everyone huddling around playing GoldenEye. GoldenEye ideally would be on there too. I don't know if that would ever be possible. Has to be though. I, I that's a thing. Licensing can it be possible? It needs to be. But alternatively, Perfect Dark I'd say is arguably a better game in every way. No, yeah, you're definitely right. It's just the music and the the stages and the the characters are so iconic. People would be kind of mad, but I think they would understand in the end. But if you can't get one, you get the other. I don't think you need Perfect Dark if you have GoldenEye, though. No, no, absolutely not. And and, and people, even though Perfect Dark's a better game, so many more people played GoldenEye, and that's such a synonymous title with a 64. So I think that, in an ideal world, we'd get that. I think also uh, one of the uh, Mystical Ninja Goemon games. One of the Goemon games? Yeah, I've okay. played a couple of them. There was one that was like a, a 2.5D side-scrolling action game, and there was one that was more like a Zelda title. I think one of those would probably fit. Same with like... Something kind of off the wall like Mega Man uh, 64. Mega Man Legacy on... Oh, Mega Man Legends. Yeah. But it was 64 on the 64. Okay. That, uh, that's a dark horse. Let me let me put... I want to make like a maybe a maybe list here. Yeah. Same with like uh, Turok. People have very fond memories of Turok, even though if you play it now, it's a it's a foggy mess, but it's kind of worth mentioning. But like on, on, on the best of the best, the definitive 64 experience, is Turok going to make it? Not like Potentially. Really? I mean, potentially. It depends on how many titles they have on the system. If we're talking like really great multiplayer games and, and we want to nix stuff like uh, 1080 snowboarding. Killer Instinct? Ah, no, I mean, do we need a fighting game? I'm really Killer Instinct Gold. I just, that wasn't spectacular. I mean, it was like the fighting game on the, S, uh, on the 60, 64 and the Super Nintendo had Street Fighter and you're not going to get Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or anything like that on the, the 64, but like that's... That's important gaming history, and people remember that fondly. So let me throw Killer Instinct on there. I don't know. It's at least worth mentioning because that's like that was a 64 game. I had stickers on my Super Nintendo from Nintendo Power for Killer Instinct, <laughs> like coming out on the 64. Really? Yeah. Did you like ever play Nintendo it? Power, like, no, I don't think so. Maybe I rented it once. Okay, but I don't remember it because fighting games are totally obtuse when you're six years old. Right. And when you're 26 years old, <laughs> <laughs> time changes nothing. Is Smash Bros. not on that list? <laughs> Smash Bros. was not released uh, on that virtual console. It didn't look like. Okay. Right? I, how did I not remember that till just now? Right? <laughs> Smash Bros. obviously has to make it. I'm so, I'm so sorry, everybody. That's so <laughs> bad. How did I do that? <laughs> so how, let, <laughs> let me pitch this to you. Instead of the wave race, instead of the uh, pilot wind was on the list. It's actually on my list. But instead of the wave race, instead of the tennis snowboarding, what if we got uh, like the snowboard kids? I was going to say that, but I think it's more well known by collectors because of how rare they are. Right. With one and two. I don't know if they have this kind of cachet to pull people's interest, but it also could be like one of the dark horse kind of things like Star Fox 2. But if you're already putting Sin and Punishment on there, that kind of fills that role. I don't know. I'm kind of I have mixed feelings about that because there's a lot of weird titles that I've got on my Game Boy lists. So, right. I don't know. Mischief Makers. Really underrated multiplayer game. Yeah, people like that. What about something like Beetle Adventure Racing? Eh. I would argue it's the best racing game on the system. Outside of Mario Kart. I don't think you need three racing games. 
So I really think Diddy Kong Racing deserves a spot because it's a it's a different it's a different enough experience from Mario Kart, but you can't not have Mario Kart because it's right. It's fucking Mario Kart. Right. How about Buck Bumble? Okay. <laughs> All right. I ain't putting none of that bullshit. I ain't putting no gex on this fucking list. I'm not putting any Chameleon Twist. Oh God. Okay. Well, with on with the real list here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so obviously, I am a real list. <laughs> Kirby has to make it. Yeah, Kirby's on there. Okay, Kirby sixty four is. I love that game. That's a that's a great Kirby game. It's my favorite Kirby game that I've played. I haven't played all of them. But that's my favorite. So obviously, both Zelda have to make it. So we're we're at fourteen games right now, and and we haven't even mentioned oh, Star Fox has to make it, right? Obviously, I'm saying like all the first party like big titles have to make it. The I think even the Mario sports games deserve a spot. Even Mario Party, even though I don't really like Mario Party, both that's like a, a four-player game. Uh, both sports games, or, or let's say we have to choose one. Which one are you choosing? Tennis. Yeah, it's I more think active multiplayer game. I think they would lean pretty heavily on that, especially since they did that with the SNES, the two controllers in the package. Right. I would imagine they would do a similar thing with the N64, despite it probably costing more because the N64 controllers is so goofy, right, and probably harder to manufacture than. The slab of plastic that the NES and SNES ones were. Right. So, Pilot Wings, I don't think is going to make this list. F Zero, I think will. Yeah, definitely does. So here, here's my pitch. Here, let me let's get a little off the rails here. Here's my pitch for the N sixty four Classic. I don't, I don't think Sin and Punishment is going to be incentive enough. For, you know, it's something like Star Fox Two, which is like infamous for mm. not having been released. Um, Sin and Punishment may very well make the list. I don't care so much. But what if? Their little incentive for for picking this up is obviously if they get the rare titles, that'll kind of be, you know, that'll be a big deal in the market to share to that. But what if we get N64 disk drive exclusives on this system? So F-Zero with the expansion that was exclusive to the disk drive. It's got two extra cups, uh, a create your own course mode. And obviously F-Zero is not like a, a marquee title, but it's one of those quirky little things that well, I think can get people's attention uh, and will appeal to collectors. I was kind of under the impression that there wasn't really much of value that was put out on the, the disc drive. There's not. That's kind of the... Like, it's that and then Animal Forest, which is Animal Crossing in Japan on the N64DD. Whoa. How fucking cool would that be, though, to get a localization? We wouldn't. We wouldn't, right? It, it'd be cool, but it would kind of kill... Animal Crossing on the GameCube classic, right? <laughs> well, not necessarily. It's just kind of a quirky bit of history. I think the other thing from the disk drive that would be really fucking cool and and would give Nintendo, you know, the option to produce more peripherals that no one will actually be able to find is Mario Artist Paint Studio. Because now is there a chance to be like, like, hey, we, we bought this title. It's like Mario Paint, but better. And, and it's sort of a, you know, never released in the States sort of thing. Nah, give me a phone app for that. Well, I figured I'd throw it out there. I would be interested. I was looking at screenshots of it. It looks fucking bad. I'm letting you throw it out there, but I'm also going to fucking spike it right in, right in the ground. <laughs> You're being a real dumbass, EJ. Along with your hopes and dreams. So anyway, let's get the, the last couple of no-brainers on there. Here's where we're at right now. We're at 19 games. Ban- both Banjo games. DK Racing. Uh, Goldeneye or Perfect Dark. Goemon. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. Killer Instinct, Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. I have Snowboard Kids and Mischief Makers. Should I get rid of Snowboard Kids? Yeah, put it on like a maybe. Okay. Because I don't know if it has enough like pull. And also, I don't. Was that a Ubisoft joint? I don't even remember who made that. I, I can't recall. I Rayman think Mischief 3 would be interesting. Which one? Was that Rayman th- 2 or 3? 
Rayman. Hmm. I see. Rayman is not very synonymous with me with that system. I played uh, it. I played that game on PC, but it was a it was a good 3D platformer. It was very fun. That came on a green cartridge, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, Doom 64. Really? You think? Maybe. I think that could be really cool in lieu of. Uh, it was a unique game, if I recall correctly. Well, then I feel like if we talk Doom 64, then we can get into the weeds of like. Should StarCraft 64 be on here? And should... Well, I mean, know, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think SimCity should have been on the SNES Classic. A game doesn't hold up, but... Um, I think I don't know why they... Again, licensing and costs and everything, but these... They, they published that game. They should have had 40 games on the Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah. I Unless they're planning a sequel, but... It's just the, the game value and keeping that kind of precedent. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they have to pay licensing, and then it's... I'm sure they price it accordingly that they're making money, but not gouging consumers i don't feel gouged paying 80 bucks for those 20 games personally sure no i think it's perfectly reasonable um what about uh pokemon snap i'm adamant that it has to be on there yeah i think it belongs on there it's the only pokemon game really worth playing on the 64 so here's the question name one puzzle game on the uh 64 there was a tetris 64 wasn't there or like hatris i remember paying playing this game on our buddy sam's everdrive that was this really, really, really weird puzzle game. It had to do with, um, it was like this isometric view and there were puddles of water and you could terraform and like lo- lower and raise the land and you're trying to form these puddles and like move the water around. No idea what it was called. Very bizarre. Yeah, 64 didn't really have a lot of puzzle games, did it? I think Pokemon Puzzle League would be a lock on the system. No, that'd be a handheld title. That's on my six, That's on my Game Boy Color list. But the 64 doesn't have any, any puzzle games. Why wouldn't they... they- use their own property. I think Puzzle League's uh, another underrated title. But anyway, so we're at 22 games. Again, I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing anything crucial. And to be fair, they didn't... Uh, well, did, yeah, they did the Tetris Attack in the Japanese, the Super Famicom classic, the panel to pawn. What do you think of Harvest Moon 64? People like that game, don't they? Or I think I had it on my uh, Game Boy Advance classic list because Friends of Mineral Town is regarded fondly as like one of the better harvest moon titles or like the first really good one or the last really good one i don't know it's all kind of harvest moon fans know what they want i'm not really plugged into that community (laughs) but (laughs) worth mentioning though yeah not so many title yeah um i'm gonna put it on there i think that's a it's enough of a a departure from the rest of the titles on here one of the three japanese games not made by nintendo on the 64 right okay Same with like ogre battle you think ogre battle should be on here just just given the the lack of rpgs yeah i think that would pull more than what sin and punishment would pull ogre battle 64 cool tactics game we're at 23 games let me let me read them off here Actually, we're at 24 games because I just realized DK64 is not in here. Yeah, it should be on there. Same with like Paper Mario. I'm assuming you have those yeah. kind of locked in. Okay. So, Banjo 1 and 2, DK Racing, Goldeneye Perfect Dark, Goemon Killer Instinct, mm-hmm. Smash Bros, Harvest Moon 64, Mischief Makers, Kirby, Mario 64, uh, Mario Kart, obviously, Bell Zelda Games, mm-hmm. Star Fox, Paper Mario, Mario Party, Mario Tennis, in lieu of Mario Golf. I think we should mm. only see one of those. We only need one of those. Uh, F-Zero, I still contend that they should do the, the disc drive add-on and create your track in the extra cups. I think that'd be a cool little add-on. Yeah, if they can make it work, yeah. Yeah. Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Puzzle League, Yoshi Story, Ogre Battle, DK64. 24 games. I think it's a pretty solid list. So some some sort of left-wing contenders, something like Blast Core. Yeah, people really like Blast Core. Uh, something like... Space Station Silicon Valley. 
What the fuck is that? It's uh, who made that game? I don't remember who made that game, but or really what the premise is. I just remember you can control different characters by like selecting them. Mm. Like you're jumping from character to character. I think that's a solid list. Twenty four seems like a weird. Let's do twenty five. I just I want what 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 Tony Hawk's Pro Skater two. I wish, even though that's the worst <laughs> version of that game. No, Game Boy is the worst version of that game. Uh, maybe, but the, the it's audio a diff- it's a com- it's a completely different game. Oh that's yeah, for sure. yeah. The audio though on the sixty four is just garbage. Well, I mean the the good thing is that you don't have to license fifteen seconds of each of those songs, right? <laughs> Before it looped, hey, you get a cool blue cartridge, which isn't present on the classic. <laughs> hey, man, didn't they have a uh, they had the blue cartridge? But they also, no, it was just the blue cartridge. Yeah, that was the blue cartridge. DK had the yellow cartridge. Doom had the red cartridge. Zelda had the gold cartridges. I think there were some some sports games that had different black color. cartridges. Yeah, a lot of Maddens in black. Um, Ooh, uh, Blitz. NFL Blitz. So I was going to ask you about that. NFL Blitz, that's a, I think. That's a fair arcade port, but I mean, they didn't do Jam on the SNES, and that's like. Right. I think we even had Jam or Hang Time on 64. That got ported to everything for a long time. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think Blitz would make it. I, I just. I don't. Uh, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great version of that game. It was. It was like almost competent. We, we played the shit out of that as kids together. I think that's one of the games that your brother owned and was really into. Yeah. I need one more game. I want to make this around 25. Um, oh, jeez. Around 25. <laughs> that, that doesn't make it any sense. It is around 25. <laughs> it's 20, 24. That's around it. Um, a nice round number, like 25. <laughs> were, there, were there any Resident Evil games on 64 worth playing? I don't know. That seems, again, sort Castlevania of... 64 is terrible. Yeah. Do you want to go Mega Man 64? I think Mega Man 64 might be the only Capcom game worth mentioning. Yeah, let's throw that on there. Let's throw it on there. That would make uh, that makes some people happy. That's that's a well regarded game. I don't mm-hmm. know how the N64 port was, but me either. Probably had a better rendering distance than the PlayStation version. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, let's see. It's ten o'clock. Uh, how long do you have before we get a bounce off here? I can go for a little bit longer. Uh, give me give me a number so I can try to measure how we blow through the next two. Twenty or thirty. Okay. Okay. Cool. Let's. Uh, I think that's a solid list for the N sixty four. And obviously, that's all uh, subject to licensing. What does the hardware package look like? Two controllers for a hundred dollars for twenty five games. It would be more. So you think one hundred and twenty dollars, uh, twenty five games, and two controllers? Because the way I think of it is less about the actual plastic and more about the game licensing. Right. But with the NES Classic, we had. $60 for 30 titles. So that breaks down to two bucks a title. Yeah. SNES Classic, 80 bucks for 20 titles. That's four bucks a title. I think the N64 games are probably pulling closer to six or eight a piece. Ooh. So if you got 25 titles, that's either like 150 or $200. That's, that's way, way, way too much money for something like this. Right. One, so I w- ideally, yeah, you'd probably want it to be like 120. But at the same time, that's like, that's pushing past the, oh, this is kind of a cute little thing to get and more of a hardcore kind of collector's item. I don't know if you if you would see a 64 with 25 titles. But if it had 25, I think they would ask for 120 or plus. I honestly think the only reason the Super Nintendo was so much more expensive was because of, I think the hardware is what costs so much to produce here because it's, it's small batch, proprietary, a bunch of proprietary crap. They're recreating these controllers. Like the Super Nintendo had 20 games. And not a lot of those were licensed. A lot of those were were properties that Nintendo has the rights to. And 
Not, were, each of them were about half and half. Was it about 50-50? Yeah, it was like 15 or 16 uh, first-party games on the NES and about 10 or 11 on the SNES. I think more realistically, the 64 Classic would have probably less than 20 games, probably closer to like 12 or 15 games. And They could do purely first-party with that pretty easily. Yeah, and I think... It, if they did that, they if they did just a few games, they would do strictly first party, not even bother with licensing, and then they could do two controllers and they could they could put this out for a hundred bucks or less. I also think that would be the wrong move. I don't know how many people that would appeal to. I think it'd be much more appealing if it had rare titles and if it had a few of those other kind of niche, like one or two of those niche, well regarded titles. I think no matter how they do it, no, not everyone can be pleased, right? You're not going to be able to get all the games that we oh, have nostalgia for, and you're not going to hit it at a price point. Or they're going to put four points on this thing and then sell only one controller with it, and half the games on this list are completely irrelevant, uh, unless you spend more money. If they do it, it's going to be a completely adequate list like the SNES and the NES. SNES, I think, was definitely better, but I also have a lot less uh, nostalgia for the NES, and I think the games in general are just worse. Well, let's move on to the Game Boys here. I want to, before we talk about the games, I want to talk about the hardware for not only potential DMG, Game Boy Color, but also uh, Game Boy Advance. There are a lot of different forms this could take. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of hear what you think the ideal uh, Game Boy Classic, the the, the initial Game Boy Classic, what that looks like. The hot, sexy, wet dream of it? Yes, sir. Well, it's got to have a rechargeable battery. It's got to have a screen actually on the system. It's not just a plug and play to the TV. Right. It's got to be backlit. Yep. And it doesn't have to last forever. It has to last at least two hours. For something this light, there's no reason we can't get real battery life. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, but like I'm saying that's like bare minimum. Right. And then it has to have audio also. So it has to have a speaker and it gets out of hand real quick if you put a screen on the thing. Right. And that's what makes me scared. So, but here's the thing. Does it also have TV output or is it TV output or is this going to be a strictly handheld device? It has to have TV out. Which means it needs controller ports and a controller solution. Right. And I think if it comes with the controller, it comes with the NES controller. Same with the Game Boy Color. Game Boy Advance come with the SNES controller. I think that makes sense. That would actually be really cool to get um, Game Boy Colorway uh, of those controllers. And, and then, you know, they're not having to go back to the drawing board for anything like that. Oh um, man! Don't even don't even mention colorways. Imagine the Game Boy Color, right? The five or the six colors, because you get you know, you got grape, kiwi, daisy, berry, and teal. Those names make me so happy. Make me yeah, so no, that's great. <laughs> that's and you got so your atomic 90s. purple with the controller and everything. That yeah, that'd be really really cool. Yeah. But I think the original Game Boy, the DMG, it's going to be DMG. It's not going to be pocket. It's going to be full on the size of a DMG because that's already about the size of an SNES Classic. If I'm right. Not too much mistaken. I think more realistically, it's not. It's not. It's not going to have its own screen because that means you have to have screen. You got to have audio out, headphone jacks out potentially, a battery. It complicates everything so so much, and that's kind of the antithesis of what these devices are. So it's going to take a lot of like soothing and messaging to be like, "Oh no, it's okay. It's, we know it's a plug and play, but like it's not hundred dollars, so don't worry." Well, I mean, I'd pay $150 for a fully functioning, you know, something that feels like original hardware with a backlight, with controller ports, with like the perfect device. I'd pay a little bit more for that. And I think most consumers would considering, you know, Mm, what you're getting with it. I don't know if you're going to get the same kind of rush 
of demand that you have for the SNES and NES classics if you break over a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's uh, such a such a, a tough situation, right? Yeah, you're bouncing on a knife's edge for that. So let's do the same thing. I made a list here. I couldn't go more than fourteen games uh, and fifteen games on the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, respectively. I've got thirty on Game Boy, twenty on Game Boy Color, and additionals wow. on Game Boy Advance. Holy crap! I'm not even gonna bother making a list. I just want to hear because I, I have a feeling we'll have a, some crossover, but you have so much more than me. Yeah, I'm just going to mash through because I just have a bunch of games and a lot of them are super obvious. Right. A lot of obvious stuff. Let's talk uh, Game Boy and let's let's assume that the Game Boy, even though it's a DMG housing, it's going to be Game Boy Color uh, and Game Boy games, right? Not strictly Game Boy, original Game Boy games. No, I've got original Game Boy games and then Game Boy Color games. Holy fuck. Specifically, yeah. Oh, that would be irritating to me if they do just DMG. Like, I think they should do a Game Boy, something that incorporates Game Boy Color games, uh, and just kind of do it all. But I'm, like, only minorly cheating with one of the Game Boy titles on the list, but I think it fits. And you'll know it when I come to it. Okay. All right. Let me hear what you got. But all these are Game Boy gray cartridge games. Okay. Fuck. So we got Super Mario Land 1, 2, and 3. Oh, wow. Mario Land was a launch title. Yeah. Not a great Mario game. Mario Land 2. Hey, I love Mario Land. Love that Mar- game. It's not, it's it's like a weird ROM hack Mario game. It's like, it's, it's, it's not a Mario game, but then they put Mario in it. Mario Land 2 is a fantastic game. You got to play it. Mario Land 3 is Wario Land. It was the first, uh, well, Mario Land 2 is the first introduction of Wario because he's the final boss, but Wario Land is the first of that series. And then there was four of those and then a GameCube title. So a lot of those games. Donkey Kong 94. So I I, th- I looked at these and the one thing that in my list that I was doing, I, I think that if it was a port or a not port, was that one not? It had the first, the game, it starts off with Donkey Kong and then it opens up and is an entire full campaign of levels. Really? Yeah. Is this the one that's and based introduced- on the, on the NES games? Or the on, on the Super Nintendo. Arcade game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Kind of. So, like, you know, you're jumping up girders and it's a puzzle yeah. platformer. Right. But it introduced the uh, side jump for Mario. Okay. First game to have that. Kind of interesting. Uh, Kirby's Dream Land 1 and 2. Yeah. Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Of course. Obvious. Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Yeah. And yeah. Yellow is the cheat because that's a Game Boy Color game. But right. it's Gen 1. So it has it, to be. It'd be red, blue. Um, no, I, no, I, I put yellow in there. It was. Um, they, they were they were compatible though. Same with the second gen, gold, silver. Well, I mean, also. I, I was I was being yeah finicky with these being gray cartridge, not like the black. Like if you want to do Link's Awakening, Link's Awakening DX, I did just Link's Awakening. You know, right? Fair enough. So moving down, we got Tetris, Dadoi, uh Mario Picross, the first Picross game. Oh wow! Uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Yep. Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. The second of only three Kid Icarus games of all time. <laughs> Isn't that funny? The best Kid Icarus game, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, you're going to like this. Game and Watch Gallery. Uh, which one? Because I, I also had that on my list. I don't know. I just, one of them. At least one, one of them. them. It doesn't or matter all which of them. one to me. All of them. Well, there's at least how you want to break it. If you want to break it down. I've got some in here that are kind of iffy, but I think a lot of these are kind of lock-ins. Uh, game called Alleyway. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's like a breakout game. 
Hmm. So that's first party. So if they don't want to shell out the coin for uh, third party licensing, then that's definitely a full right uh, choice. Um, Final Fantasy Adventure and Final Fantasy Legend, at least one of the Legend games. Okay. Those are kind of interesting RPGs. They they stray away. They're not actually Final Fantasy games. They're part of the Saga series, which I've never played, but it's got different races that level up in different ways based off of either what you eat or enemies you destroy or uh, equipments. It's just really, really bizarre. Kind of interesting. So let me ask you, I'm sure you're getting to it, but I'm curious if you have Dragon Warrior Monsters on your list. Not on my Game Boy Classic list. But on my Game Boy Color Classic list, yes. Wait, isn't wasn't that game a Game Boy game? Game Boy Color, backwards compatible. Oh, okay. God damn it, black cartridge dog. Okay, <laughs> get get with it. Then we got Gargoyles Quest, which was a Gargoyles Quest based off of the character Firebrand from the Ghouls and Ghosts series, but it's not like Ghouls and Ghosts, not punishingly hard. Also, other games in the series were Gargoyles Quest 2 on the NES and then Demon's Crest. Demon's Crest, on, yeah, that's the one. On that's I, couldn't, NES. I couldn't remember the... That's a pretty sought-after game on the old yeah. Super Nintendo. Yeah. And then uh, also from Capcom, we got Mega Man 5, which a lot of the Mega Man games on Game Boy were these weird bastard hybrids of two of the titles on the NES. So Mega Man 1 on Game Boy was a combination of enemies from Mega Man 1 and Mega Man 2. And Mega Man 2 on Game Boy was a combination of Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3. It's a weird kind of situation, but Mega Man 5 was completely different. Had all new enemies and bosses. In those new title. In the prior games, were the the levels also ports from Yeah, I think from, they were just like watered down versions of those levels. Okay. Gotcha. A little bit. But Mega Man 5, that's like the sought after one. It's the expensive one as collectors. It's the one that people like to play the most too. Yeah. So it would make sense for it has that cachet. Uh, Konami got Nemesis and Kid Dracula. Nemesis is a shooter. It's like Gradius. Right. And then Kid Dracula is a, kind of a Castlevania parody, but it actually plays well because all the Castlevania games on the Game Boy were kind of crappy, in my opinion. Um, also, I think a good addition for the Game Boy is Golf. Didn't get it on the NES. Classic. Okay. But it's a great game, and it's very playable on the Game Boy. Uh, Wario Land 2. Um... Uh, Mole Mania. It's a puzzle game. First party. That's some deep cuts, man. Revenge of the Gator is a pinball game. I think that's the HAL joint, maybe first party. Um I think I was getting kinda I was getting kind of funny with these last few editions. Donkey Kong Land 2. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I don't th- those you want to about- Country Donkey Kong Country 2 wasn't on the SNES Classic, so I was like, well maybe they'll do it here. Uh, that's like a bastardized version of of yeah that was a funny little throwing it out there um i think we can both agree that quirk should be on the fuck yeah by classic (laughs) give me that little weird onion man i'm all about it i wrote for my description is look at this fucking tomato he's got to push blocks and navigate mazes safe as gf (laughs) check out episode four developer origin info for more about Quirk. What's his Japanese name? What was it? Salt. What was the? Well, I mean, the sequels were um, Amazing Tater. Was that it? Oh yuck! Or is it, or is it, or is it Spud's Adventure? I can't remember. Something about potatoes. Uh, right, right. Stupid. I always associated uh, that little man with be, having been an onion. That is not right. Nah, he's a tomato with he, cool sunglasses and like a mohawk. He's a mater. 
Um, so that's 28, 29 bubble ghost. I don't know if you've ever checked it out. It's a puzzle game where you play a ghost and you're blowing a bubble and trying to avoid spikes. It's a little puzzle game. Real cute. Okay. Real cool. Only came out on Game Boy and like it was an arcade port, which I've got a couple kind of like listed in here too. Like Avenging Spirit, which was, I believe that was a uh, part of the 3DS ambassador program or it might just be part of the the eShop for 3DS, but that was an any that was a Game Boy game and a arcade game and nothing else. One of those weird cases where it got ported to Game Boy, but not SNES or NES. Right. A weird kind of situation. But that's like a two hundred dollar game. Wow. Very rare. But well regarded and like people like it, obviously, or, or else it wouldn't have been put on uh eShop. Right. I think you made the right call going for thirty. I think something like this, given the nature of Game Boy games, uh, you know, or mobile games in general, especially games that are 20 plus years old they're very small they're very short experiences right right and so i think this would be this is like kind of the perfect list you hit all the major stuff you throw in some some great little quirky offbeat dark horse contenders mm-hmm. again this this so much of this depends on whether this is a mobile device or if it's strictly a plug and play if it's a plug and play a lot of these titles i don't think necessarily matter no one's going to sit down to play some goofy puzzle game for more than five minutes on their TV. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tetris was on the NES classic, wasn't it? No, was it was it not, not Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario they used. Yeah. Which I was thinking about Dr. Mario for the game boy, but it was a same day release on NES and game boy. But I think if you have the NES classic, you don't need to kind of cross contaminate. I just kind of, I was thinking about that with Donkey Kong land also. Yeah. But I figured the the one kind of caveat you could make is that, Donkey Kong Country 2 wasn't on the SNES, even though it should have been. Yeah. So Other uh, kind of Dark Horse, not very likely titles would be something like Adventure Island, which is based off of the Wonder Boy series. Wario Blast, which is a, a Nintendo-published like port of the Japanese release of Bomberman, but featuring Wario. Um, Kirby's Star Stacker, which is a Kirby puzzle game. Kirby's Pinball Land, which is a pinball game. The doy. Uh, tennis. Guess what that is. Uh, Double Dragon 1 or 2. I'm not sure if those actually play very well, but uh, Double Dragon got some love on the NES, if I'm not yeah. much mistaken. Yeah. Um, Samurai Showdown had a Game Boy game. Solar Striker is a first-party shooter uh, akin to Gradius or Nemesis. And then a game called Kicks, which is really weird. I've played that. I own that game. It's it's based off of an arcade title where... you. I'm sure you've seen it, but it looks like a screensaver. But there's these like diagonal lines, like kind of vector drawn that are moving across this square and you're moving around the the perimeter and you go inward and then you're trying to block off as much of the screen as you can you have a goal of like block off 60 percent of the screen and you can't be touched by the diagonal lines that are bouncing around while you're jumping in so you're like sort of scooping out areas that the line can then no longer bounce through only something you'd find on the fucking original game boy right (laughs) No, I think I think that's a good call. I think maybe even boost it to forty games. But again, the licensing for a lot of these things is this is even more complicated. Especially, you know, how inclined is Nintendo going to be to go out and reach out to all these companies, half of mm-hmm. which probably are completely defunct, and who knows who owns the rights to some of this shit? Yeah, um, it gets really weird, especially with companies like Sunsoft and Jalico and Technos. Like Jalico, dude. <laughs> yeah, that Jalico is Avenging Spirit. Like they're super yeah. dead and gone. I yeah. think they got bought by Infogrames, which got bought by Atari, which now is this weird thing. So it's just, you you do what you can, but 
there is some precedent because that game did get an eShop release. So oh, apparently really? somebody knows something. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's blow into our Game Boy Color, your Game Boy Color list. You know, like I said, okay. my list was, was, you know, I was trying to think, what, what what's the best of the best? And right, titles 20. That, 20? That's, oh, God, that's a big list. Okay. Hit me with them. All right. Got Pokemon Gold, Pokemon Silver, Pokemon Crystal. Of course. Pokemon Trading Card Game. Hell yeah. Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. Yep. Super Mario Bros. Deluxe. Yep. Okay. Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons. Naturally. Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. Okay. Wario Land 3. Yep. Pokemon Pinball. Uh, I mean, I guess it could be. I know you're partial about the Game Boy Advance version, but that was my Pokemon Pinball. Oh, I think the Game Boy Color version is really not very playable. Uh, I probably more so was, today. I loved it when I was a kid. That's the, that's the that's the big cart that you put the battery in. Yep. For the for the rumble. Yeah, I had rumble, dude. That's hilarious. I mean, it's no Little Mermaid pinball, but it's a close second. <laughs> you play you played Little Mermaid pinball? No, but I see it on eBay all the time, and I'm just like, oh, okay. it's the same same like rumble pack and everything. Right, right. Um, and then that's uh all the first party stuff I have. Okay. And then we're gonna jump into some Konami with. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, that's on all of the sort of top top games of all time. It's one of those games that I, I just always assume that was a port of the NES or a, uh, an iteration, spiritual remake of the NES game. No, apparently it's actually playable. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Apparently. And then also from Konami, Survival Kids. What is that? It's a survival game. That kind of a- is vague. Well, have you ever played a survival game like Don't Starve? I have not. Man, it's a it's you're, you're spinning plates. You're managing your resources, your hunger, your uh you have to build shelter, don't get killed. On the Game Boy Color, really. Yeah. So, I thought that was really kind of interesting and people like it. It's also on a lot of those lists. That's hardcore. Did a lot of research. Yeah. I was scrolling through a lot of a lot of titles. A lot of titles. Oh. Boy. Uh moving on to Capcom, we got at least one of the Mega Man Extreme games. I don't know about one or two. I put two on here because Extreme is kind of closer to a port of Mega Man X, but Extreme 2, I think, differs more from Mega Man X than the first Extreme title. Okay. And it was also the only one of those that is strictly Game Boy Color, whereas right. the other one was backwards compatible. And also from Capcom, Shantae. Naturally. Yeah. I think we both hit that. Um, Harvest Moon, I put on there because there's a few Harvest Moon titles on Color. So I don't know. I, I, I wonder. I wonder how how some of those titles hold up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Th- these are all like, I've got a bunch of other titles that I have as like shout outs as like potential ads. But then uh, moving away from Natsume, we got Hamtaro Ham Hams Unite. Dude, anything Hamtaro, I'm all in on. Which is one of the two Game Boy Color games I believe that got ported over to the West. And that was Nintendo published. Hell so yeah. whoever owns the property, they just have to sign it off. And I think Nintendo would be very happy about that. Yeah. Some of my kind of dark horse contenders would include R-Type because R-Type, people like R-Type. Yeah. Uh, Blaster Master, Enemy Below, which is a sequel to the NES Blaster Master, which is also an NES classic. Um, Bomberman Quest, which is a very interesting uh, 2D Bomberman kind of a puzzle game. All the Bomberman games are kind of puzzle games, but those actually 2D with like platforming. Kind of bizarre. Uh, Toki Tori, which was a very late uh, 
Game Boy Color game. Uh, that was the Capcom joint. Like a puzzle game where this it's really weird. It's really, really good looking. Like it's amazing how good it looks. What's it called? Toki Toki? Toki Tori. Toki Tori. T-O-K-I space T-O-R-I. And also uh, Resident Evil Gaiden as far as good looking games, but I don't know how playable it is and how much people would actually want to buy right. into it. Man, you were right. This is gorgeous for a, for a Game Boy game. A lot of like frames of animation. The background parallax is very well done. Wow. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it looks very easy, but I don't know if it gets harder later on. Very colorful. Uh, something that kind of, kind of saw popping up a lot was a game called Azure Dreams. Azure Dreams. Yeah. Have you heard about that? I have no clue what the fuck that is. So, uh, apparently, it's like a dungeon crawler monster collector in lieu of like monster rancher or pokemon okay but i guess it's more closer to a sim than an rpg i'm not sure um and then a special shout out for you would be harry potter and the chamber of secrets you <laughs> know color. I, I thought about that and we've talked about all the goddamn podcasts but that game is it really holds up is i don't know we can split hairs about that but it is surprisingly really adequate yeah it's surprisingly <laughs> adequate especially for a licensed title Right. Uh, but yeah, just a, a really quirky, weird card based combat sort of, you know, but a turn based RPG. Like, dude, you still need to just pop that in and play it. Yeah. There's this really dope ass mini game where you have to denome the garden and you're just trying to see how far you can throw it. <laughs> I remember doing that yeah, for hours. I remember looking into the Harry Potter games and then trying to compare and contrast the Game Boy Color versions versus the Game Boy Advance versions. Because apparently the Chamber of Secrets release on Game Boy Advance is nothing like the Game Boy Color version. Nothing, yeah. But apparently, um, the first game is more closely related to the Game Boy Color version. Right. I never played the first but, one. on. I played the first one on uh, uh, PC and PlayStation. I th- yeah, I think I remember. I played one of the Harry Potter games on PC where you actually had to mo- do the mouse and draw little shapes to do the spells. So let me, let me draw get- like a spiral for Alohomora and like... Yeah draw a keyhole to do or that was a so little yeah, more yeah, yeah. regarding Leviosa spiral was, spiral. was uh, the spiral was um defendo mm. wasn't it defendo Which is not a real spell it is not so <laughs> let me get tangential here i remember you you did you had the uh, it was it was a sorcerer's stone for the pc and i was also playing that on the pc at the time and i remember my parents coming over uh, to your or my mom maybe came over to your place and I brought my copy of the disc thinking that's where my save was so that I could play my save. At, you know, we, I don't know how old we were elementary school and well, you don't know. That's just what you did with like cartridges. That's right. It's, it's, bring your cartridge over. had to save. Yeah. And so I brought my disc over and I pop, remember popping it in and it didn't work and it, it wouldn't even actually load. Um, if I recall, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even load and it was getting an error and I was like, what's going on? And uh, yeah, that's the day my, my life changed forever. But no, you're on like you're probably on like Millennium Edition. And we're stuck in '98, <laughs> something like that, right? Uh, probably. I remember the Troll Chase. There's a there's a it's kind of a like an old Crash Bandicoot level where the ball's chasing you and you're the backwards, but you're running backwards, you know, yeah, running towards glorif- the camera. Glorified Quick Time event. <laughs> right, right. Oh, good, good stuff. Defendo. I always remember that. Like that. That's not a spell, man. <laughs> like, yeah. So I had to, I had to put that on there just because a lot of people do like those games. 
I don't know what the licensing could be like because that's a WB property. Yeah. And that was EA developed or published. Big so ten. that's got to be in like some sort of limbo. So let me throw a dark horse out there that I have talked dark about. Horse. <laughs> dark horse that I have talked about. Okay. Uh, I've talked about this game numerous times. I don't know anymore if it's been on the pod or not, but Dragon Ball Z Legendary Super Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. Very reminiscent of, obviously no one who's listening to this has ever played these, but the old NES, or sorry, old Famicom uh, Dragon Ball games. Right. They're, they're, they're semi, not open world, but they are... Um, uh, oh God! It's kind of like Zelda Two. We've got with the, with the overworlds in that respect, mm-hmm. and the combat was that, is, that, was that NX also? Oh, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Just because I know uh, Kira Toriyama ended up working with them for Dragon Quest. So. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure who put those out in Japan, but uh, again, card based combat where I mean, literally, you, you have a deck, you have a deck of cards with moves, and you're you're you know. Very mm-hmm. kind of interesting. It's kind of a throwback to that. Uh, a game I absolutely loved as a kid. I absolutely love now. Uh, and I think that'd be really great to see. You know, we don't... Kind of prior to 3D games, we didn't get a lot of good Dragon Ball games. And Dragon Ball is one of the biggest franchises on the fucking planet. Uh, especially Even in 3D games, you don't have a lot of good Dragon Ball games. Right, but it wasn't until Budokai that it was finally like... I mean, we had some good fighters that came out on Super Famicom. But they were such... You know, because... Dragon Ball was so niche, it didn't really take off here in the States till the late 90s, early 2000s. Wasn't there like a decent RPG on the Game Boy Advance? Uh, so there were there was the Legacy of Goku series, and then the third in that... I think uh, that might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Legacy of Goku. The first one was was pretty rough, but we all loved it. Second one was solid, and the third one was called Boo's Fury. It was actually a really quality RPG. Uh, Isn't that just the story, man? You get the first one, it's not very good. The second one's a lot better than the third one. They don't make enough because the system's dying. That's exactly. And you can it. never find in, in postmortem. Yeah. That's every single game. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I kind of went a little wild there and kind of interrupted your list. Where I mean, I, I kind of, mine wanes off a lot. I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater just because that's like, right. For, as much as the game is kind of rough, it's a marvel that they got it on the Game Boy Color. And that's like, and there's no licensing to deal with. For like music, I'm not sure if there's there's no likenesses. Just change the names, whatever. Right. Well, even then, like, is that necessary? Do we Probably. have to go back to the licensing again to put someone's name? And I mean, we'll keep Tony Hawk, but just everybody else give them fake names. Oh, I can't wait to see what Nintendo would possibly come up with. Just like the what was that baseball game? Um, other titles: Worms, Armageddon. The Worms games are great. They work really well in a handheld. I would imagine. I have not played this version, uh, but Worms is a series that lives to this day. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Driller. There's a Game Boy game. Mr. Driller. Also, also an arcade game. I haven't played it, but looks cute. It's a it's Bandai Namco joint. Okay. Uh, here's a fun one for you. Monkey Puncher. Uh, I've never heard of this, but I, I need to have. You're, the point of the game is you're training a monkey to compete in monkey boxing. It's a strategy game. And you can date your monkey with another monkey to breed them to make a better fighter. That how did I not know about this? This is literally the per, give yourself, my perfect just, game. Just Google it for you. Uh, give me the name again. Monkey fighter. Monkey puncher. Monkey puncher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's one thesaurus uh, line away from monkey spanker. <laughs> wow. Oh, gross. Dude, this is that 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 art with the. Little Super Saiyan monkey looking motherfucker. 
the boxing gloves. Yeah. I yeah, dude. Wow. I'm into it. And then past that, I mean, you've got a couple Pokemon clones like Metal Walker and what was that of the Robopon? Um, only other ones would be like Rainbow Islands is kind of notable because it was a sequel to Bubble Bobble, but it was also had an NES release, but didn't see it on the NES Classic. So I don't know how much uh, desire there'd be for the Game Boy version on the yeah. Classic. Uh, did you throw Dragon Warrior Monsters on there? Yes. Okay. So one, that, but not two, but because okay. there was, it had a split sequel, and I was like, yeah. So you have the same kind of appeal as Pokemon. You own that game. Yeah. Growing up, what do you remember about that? I remember it was very cool because you had less, po- you had like less monsters with you than you did in Pokemon, but they're all fighting at the same time. It was kind of like that classic RPG layout where you had your three fighters and you could face up against multiple enemies at the same time. And you'd have moves that would affect like a row of them. So the method of fighting was a little bit more intri- intriguing in that regard. You still had special like moves that you could have them do. You had, I think it had like an auto fight kind of mechanic. Um, there was no Pokeball. The way you would capture enemies is if they're the last one there, you could feed them different kinds of meats. And depending on the quality of the meat, it would make them like you more. So if you give them like beef jerky, they'd be like, oh, they like you a little bit. But if you give them prime rib, they're like, oh, shit, this is dank. And they'll want to hang out with you. This so you're just my relationship them. right now. Yeah, right. So you would entice them to join you. And then it, it introduced, I'm not sure when in relations came out to gold and silver, but I had breeding. But instead of it just being like, oh, one of the parents, it's like that. They would actually combine and have special children based off of their parents so you could actually get like stronger monsters by doing that and they would inherit move sets and different like attributes and traits i believe it was a lot deeper in that regard and it had a lot of dragon quest music which i don't have any nostalgia for except for playing that game because i didn't play dragon warrior or any of the titles before that right in that series the only thing i remember about that game is popping it into my game boy at your house and being totally and completely lost uh, and you can right, say that oh, I was probably is... in the middle of a, a game. Right. Uh, I remember you just saying, oh, it's like Pokemon. And that, you know, enticed me. I popped it in and I just said, ah, this is nothing like Pokemon. I know nothing. <laughs> it, uh, I would recommend giving it a play. It's, it's, I think it's worth your time. So let's see, it's 1030. Should we save yeah. our, our Game Boy Advance list for, for next time? Yeah, I need to, need to whittle it down. Yeah, um, I'm gonna get a little more uh, granular with it. So I, I have the heavy hitters. I only have 15 games on there because um, again, you know, I, I went in with like this sort of strict criteria. It's got to be the best of the best. And it's got to be, um, you know, they're only gonna do so many games. But because, like I said, the nature of the device, I think more games the better. A little bit different on Game Boy Advance, I think, because you know it's such an RPG machine and and it's basically the perfect version of the Super Nintendo in a lot of ways. And so mm-hmm. the games were were much, uh, you know, sort of fully fledged, and that makes it hard too because a lot of the best games in the Game Boy Advance are just SNES ports. Yeah, I didn't put any of those on there. I would not, and I wouldn't expect that Nintendo would put anything. You know, Super Mario, uh, the World, Mario Advance series. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to do that. It'd be silly, right? That that makes it rough though because there's not a real Mario game on the Game Boy Advance. The closest you get is Mario vs Donkey Kong, and that's like a weird Donkey Kong title. 
Yeah, and my classic arcade to- Donkey Kong, where it's a it's a puzzle platformer, not a right. action platformer like Mario. And 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 the only Zelda game on there, um, uh, original Zelda game, Minish Cap. is not fondly remembered uh, by by a mainstream audience. I don't yeah, think it's kind of. Um, I don't know. Yeah, people like it, but it's kind of like the DS games where nobody like loves them. The DS games, I think, are a lot rougher than the Minish Cap. I think is a great experience and it's gorgeous. Yeah, I feel like though that more people played the the DS games. Probably just because there's 120 million DSs in the wild, you know. Yeah. So, but cool, man. We'll we'll save that then for next time. We'll just do a we'll just do 10 minutes on that before we get into the news and other such things. Yeah, cool. Sounds so. good. This has been the motherfucking Console Crusade podcast. Well, yeah, uh, sorry everyone for talking your off about Game Boys. Dude, <laughs> I I really hope this happens in the in the uh, in the coming months. You saw Nintendo file a bunch of patents for some Game Boy stuff, right? Yeah, but they're always filing patents. I don't know. I, I can't read too much into that. Yeah, I was more intrigued by the actual physical visual representation of the DMG. I thought that was a little bit more of a strong indication than just names. And right. keeping those refreshed because they, they have to do that every like three years or something. Oh, okay. So it's just sort of a serendipitous occurrence. Probably. I've, I haven't looked into it. It could be just totally indicative and I'm misreading it, but that's just the way I see it. Fair enough. Cool, man. Well, uh, find us on the Twitter. I am at ejiggle. This is at press till death. We are yep. at uh, console underscore crusade. Yeah, get at us. We're super tired because it's not early. <laughs> uh, that's exactly it. Neither of us slept more than five hours last night. Perfect. It's the way I, I operate now. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll catch you on the, on the flippity flip. Hubbub. I hate video games.